good afternoon. I hope you enjoyed your exploring. And you explored and enjoyed. And uh, yeah, welcome to this afternoon's session. So on this retreat we practice and we give, you receive instructions on how to cultivate mindfulness and steadiness and sati and samadhi. And as well on how to cultivate wisdom and compassion. Qualities of the heart-mind. And we talked briefly last night in the opening talk about how creating a container for the retreat of generosity, of silence, of simplicity supports these practices and these cultivations. And more specifically on retreat and in our daily lives, we are offered the opportunity to undertake trainings around our speech and our actions. So to here to further support the retreat for ourselves and for this, this community of us here together. So these ethical training precepts relate to non-harming, not stealing, refraining from sexual misconduct, false speech, and intoxicants. Refraining from all of those, not indulging in them. <laughs> and uh, we can consider each of these uh, in both the actions we can practice um, refraining from and the positive aspects of the precept as well, the actions that we want to cultivate, that we can cultivate for the benefit of ourselves and other people and beings. And so with these uh, five precepts, the precept of not harming, which is avoiding and abstaining from using violence, and we can on retreat make choices about the food that we eat. Um, and we can also actively practice opportunities for kindness and compassionate acts to see the positive side of that precept. For the refraining from stealing or taking what is not given, we can practice the training of contentment. So not only do we have a sense of feeling a sense of safety and trust here together as we refrain from harmful actions, we can also cultivate a sense of contentment and generosity to each other and ourselves. We're refraining from sexual misconduct. It's really about being respectful of each other. So we don't need to deal with issues around sexuality. So that positive cultivation of respect. And refraining from false speech. Really about being honest. Only saying what is truthful and kind. On retreat, maintaining the silence as much as is practical and cultivating kind and truthful speech with others in our environment. We can notice the impacts of conversations and how when we stop having those, we reduce those and be more thoughtful about what we do say. It really supports our practice and those around us. And on retreat too, we get to see how we speak to ourselves more than we might like to. And we can hear what we tell ourselves. It's a wonderful place to practice kindness, truth, 
kindness. And the fifth precept about refraining from intoxicants. And it's really about avoiding things that cloud the mind, avoiding using drugs and substances which will alter the mind or cloud the mind. And really tending to the, to the mind and the body while we're here. Part of the trainings, and I was just thinking about this before, I was um, just putting some notes together for now and I was um, thinking about compassionate action and reducing the amount of paper that I'm using on retreat, which is an easy thing to do too much. I thought, no, I don't need to get this printed out down at Jill's. I'll just use my old notes. And I've got this one, two, three, five. So just excuse me as I jostle around my pieces of paper <laughs> for the trees. Yes. <laughs> so we can get to see on retreat how cultivating and practicing compassionate action really supports our practice for clarity, for calm, and for insight. Jack Cornfield jokes that can you imagine sitting down for a peaceful meditation session after a full day of killing and stealing? <laughs> but, you know, at more subtle levels, we can really notice, you know, through our mindfulness, how even some more subtle acts of harm tend to contract the mind and the heart, tinging and entangling it with conflict or regret. Now, sometimes we cause harm out of ignorance or an unavoidable aspect of being alive. But many times when we have enough bandwidth, enough mental space, enough heart width, we can choose more compassionate responses rather than more harmful habitual reactivity. And consequently we practice skillful, compassionate actions to benefit other people and other beings as well. And the world needs this always and no more than now. We have an opportunity to also notice when we're pulled towards unethical behaviour or actions. We can notice what's underneath these tendencies. We can notice how it feels when we have acted without integrity. And we can notice how it feels when we maintain integrity and refrain from the unskillful action or words. So we're going to recite the precepts in a moment. So just an invitation to please honour and respect these guidelines here on retreat so we can continue to create an atmosphere of non-harming and kindness, of, of cultivating safety and respect. These all contribute to our capacity to feel at, easy, at ease in ourselves while together. And they give us the gift of harmlessness and the bliss of blamelessness. Thank you, Di. Beautiful. So as we move deeper into the retreat and we are establishing an even stronger container, I wanted to offer the opportunity to recite these precepts together. As you'll see, I've included the traditional Pali and the traditional English translation and then the, the positive aspect. If you're familiar with the Pali, you're welcome to join in. If you're not, then you might just listen to the rhythm and the cadence of it. But just as a little bit of explanation, the macron is the same as in Maori, so it makes it a long vowel sound. And the letter C is pronounced as CH. Otherwise, I think the rest of it's fairly straightforward. And one reason I like to include the Pali is because 
this form has been chanted by communities all around the world for 2,600 years. And probably somewhere in the world right now is being chanted because of all the different time zones. There are likely to be many people on retreat who are committing to these trainings. So when we add our voices, we're joining into that, you could say, worldwide web of ethical <laughs> conduct. We can tap into the power of that in some way. Okay. Panati pata veramanisika padam samariyami Take the precept to refrain from killing living beings. I undertake the training to practice compassionate action. Adinadana veramani sikapadam samariyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from taking what is not given. I undertake the training to practice contentment. Abramacharya veramanisika param samariyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from all sexual activity during the retreat. I undertake the training to practice responsibility in all my relationships. Musawada veramanisika param samariyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from false speech. I undertake the training to practice noble silence during retreat and true kind speech in daily life. Sura Maria Maja Pamadatana Veramani Sika the precept to refrain from taking intoxicants which cloud the mind and cause heedlessness. I undertake the training to care for my body and my mind. May this virtue of mine help bring about knowledge of the path and its fruit. Beautiful, thank you. That commitment to ethical conduct is yet another expression of generosity. And in this uh, practice now, I'd like to, as I said earlier today, give us the opportunity to practice some relinquishment by surrendering our mobile phones as a support for the noble silence and also as a support for our inner aspirations for being here on retreat. So the Buddha was very clear about the importance of intention or aspiration because that really steers the direction of the heart, the mind, and all of our actions flow from that. So usually towards the start of a retreat, I like to invite us to take some time just to reflect internally on why we came here. What motivated you to sign up for this retreat? Because having clarity about why we're putting our time and energy into being here can really help us make the most of it. 
So we can take some time and a moment to contemplate that. And at the same time, in a way, as an extension of the generosity that we've been launching this whole retreat with, you might like to contemplate perhaps some people in your life that you'd like to share this benefit of being on retreat with. Now, in traditional Asian cultures, this is done towards the end of the retreat, where we do what's called sharing of merit. But in my own practice, I found it helpful at times, particularly at times when I might be struggling on retreat, to think, okay, this is hard, but may I do it for the benefit of X or Y or Z? And actually, one time recently, I was on retreat at the Forest Refuge for a month, and there was what to look, what to me looked like an elderly person on the retreat who was clearly dealing with a lot of body issues but beautifully showing up hour after hour, day after day. And at the end of the retreat I was talking to her and I said, she said it had been really hard and I said, what motivated you? She said, I'm doing it for the benefit of my elderly parents. <laughs> wow. And her parents were in their 90s. But that was what was motivating her to be there through that pain, that discomfort, whatever inner stuff was going on. And I thought that was beautiful. So it inspired me to think, as we contemplate our aspirations, you might also think, who would you like to share this with metaphorically? So it could be a particular person. Maybe it's a group of people, or maybe even non-human beings. So perhaps homeless people or refugees or political prisoners, maybe farm animals, even the planet itself, our Earth Mother. So this is a kind of a symbolic wish. But for me, as I said, it helps me to feel like I'm not doing this practice just for me, not just, not just about me alone. And it can help inspire me when things get challenging. So let's just take a, a moment now of silence and just see if you can sense in, maybe on a deeper level, what is your aspiration or aspirations for being here? And I like to think in terms of what might we receive from being here, but also what might we offer to being here? So there's this reciprocal sense of aspirations being offered and received. have a little more clarity about the aspiration, you might just bring to mind a being or particular beings that you'd like to share the benefits of being on retreat with. Just for a moment, visualizing that being or beings. sharing with them any benefits that are coming from this dedication to practice, dedication to developing wisdom and compassion. 
Well, thank you. Now that we hopefully have a little more clarity about those aspirations, we have the opportunity now just to, for those who would like, to relinquish the cell phones. And the form that I suggest is maybe you come up here and just remind me of your name so I can put your initials on this very aesthetic piece of masking tape because unfortunately I forgot to bring my usual colored papers and that way we can identify your phone for when you need to get it back. We do this at pretty much every retreat center that I teach at around the world now and it's become a little bit of a ritual where we also ring a bell every time a phone is handed in. (laughs) Celebration ringing out around the world of that uh, relinquishment, voluntary simplicity. Okay, so just whenever you're ready, you might start to bring your devices and I'll, I'll take care of the practicalities. Okay, so after several hours this morning of just exploring the practice of generosity, of dana as a support for easing into retreat, I thought just to take a quick snapshot of what kind of practices you did, just just by a show of hands. So, if you're willing, how many of you did some extra sleeping or resting this morning? Yeah, that's helpful. You know, most of us, as I said, we come in with some degree of tiredness, so glad you took advantage of that. How many of you went for a walk in the bush, exploring? Yes, beautiful. How many of you did use your mobile phones in some way? Okay, yeah, no no shame, you know, that I invited you to do that and to notice what was the effect. How many of you maybe did some writing or journaling? Not so much. Or different kinds of movement practice. Maybe some yoga. Yeah, great. How many of you followed the schedule and did every sitting and walking? Great. So really appreciating the range of different approaches that you took. And I thought to give us a little time now just to explore this quality of wise effort, balanced effort, together in small groups again. So we're going to be strengthening mindful speaking and mindful listening. And I often like to do this in the beginning of a retreat at least, and after lunch, because I know from experience, (laughs) a lot of sleepiness, a lot of drowsiness. We just had a delicious meal. It can be quite hard to stay alert at this particular point especially in the arc of the day, but also in the arc of the retreat. So we're going to be doing a form similar to last night, where you'll be moving into groups of three and having separate speaker and listeners to begin with. And one of the reasons we do that is it's much easier to stay present when you're just speaking or just listening. And as a support for that process, we use one of the guidelines from a practice called Insight Dialogue. And the first guideline there is the invitation to pause. So even right now, we can take this moment to pause. And in the pausing, we gather our awareness in the experience of the body. So what's the body doing right now? Is there stillness? 
Is there movement? Are there particular sensations somewhere? Just a very quick kind of snapshot. How is the body? And the benefit of doing this as we're speaking and as we're listening is that, as I'm sure you all know from your own experience, when we get engaged with speaking and listening, I'm doing this because that's what happens for me. All of my energy starts coming up into my head. I'm leaning forward. I'm excited. I'm barely breathing. (laughs) If it's a juicy conversation or if it's not... I'm pulling back, I'm not so keen, I'm tightening, I'm stiffening. But the more I can remember to keep taking a moment to pause, to notice the body, to reground, to center, to steady the body as a support for grounding, centering, steadying the awareness. And then we're much less likely just to fall into old habits. And we have a much better chance of having a more intuitive, embodied interaction that may even reveal new insights and understanding. So that's really the purpose of this form. So to start that process, I just invite you to very mindfully, slowly come to standing and really notice how do you do that. You want to put on your masks as well, but notice which way does the body lean Which limbs move first? How do you physically make that transition from sitting to standing? So take a moment just to do that. Then when you are in a standing position, you might just take a moment, if your balance is okay, you can close your eyes or keep your eyes downcast. Just pause to notice the body is standing. Notice the change in energy in this new posture. can gently open the eyes and just begin to walk around the room. We've got this kind of labyrinth here or maze. So just slowly, mindfully begin to thread your way through the cushions and the mats and the presence of other people. That's just another form of walking meditation and you can ground your awareness and the experience of the feet in contact with the floor. just take a moment to stop, to stand, to pause, to notice the body now. And at the same time to notice the heart and the mind. It's possible you'll be aware of some energy of maybe anticipation or excitement or anxiety or some combination of all of these. Or maybe some calm, some steadiness, 
some balance. Just noticing how you are now. And however you are, making space for it. And then again, opening your eyes if they aren't already. And finding yourself a couple of partners to work with. Preferably people you haven't already practiced with before. So forming into groups of three. And then setting yourselves up, spreading out through the whole room. So there's plenty of space between the different groups. So just taking a moment to, again, pause. Ah, To come home to the body. Knowing there is the body. The body is sitting. And listeners, just remembering that you're offering the gift, the generous offering of your full mindful awareness. Listening as if you had ears on every cell of your body. And the speaker, you're invited to speak from embodied presence. So doing your best to keep your awareness centered as you explore out loud. What have you learned about wise effort today? The support of dana, of generosity. What types of practice did you choose and what effect did they have? Did you become aware of maybe some default patterns or habits or assumptions about what good practice is supposed to be? So you can take your time here. You have about four minutes. You don't have to fill the entire time with a non-stop stream of consciousness. (laughs) So if you said one or two things that feel to be worth saying and that's it, you're welcome to settle back into silence until it's the next person's turn to speak. So let this be a contemplation more than just an ordinary conversation. Okay, first speaker. What have you discovered about dana and wise effort today? Now that you've heard from all three partners, and you've had time to explore together what your experience was this morning. We'll take just a couple more minutes now to explore your experience right now in this moment. And just to see what's alive now. And particularly to notice if there might be some flavor of generosity, some flavor of kindness, interest, Openness, warmth, steadiness, balance. So just exploring together any skillful qualities that might be present now. Pretty confident that if nothing else, there's some degree of mindfulness. So that can be named, that can be known, that can be shared with your partners. So together now, taking your time, what's alive now? What skillful qualities are here in this moment? 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.